Hello and welcome to the SJ Chronicles. It is 11pm on Tuesday the 26th of December. I hope you've had a great couple of days since um, my last episode. As I mentioned before, I took a couple of days off, um, Sunday, Monday, to uh, have a bit of rest and spend some time with Layla, which is very nice. Um, I ate some food and caught up on some documentaries, that kind of thing, really cool. Um, and then today, back to work um, and the rest of this week, and then take a couple more days off, uh, Sunday, Monday of next week, before everyone else returns to work and um, things really pick up uh, again. So um, tomorrow we've got a meeting, quite a lot of traveling to do. Apparently it's gonna be snowing a little bit overnight, um, but uh, it doesn't look like it'll settle. So hopefully that won't be too big a deal. I'm um, not quite sure what the road's gonna be like this time of the year um, between some people working and other people doing a lot of shopping, um, but we'll see. <clears throat> so um, for today's episode, I wanted to talk about Something that may be a little bit surprising actually, but Layla and I went to see the latest Star Wars movie on Sunday night, The Last Jedi, and um, as it turns out, there's quite a lot of stuff in that movie that actually resonates a lot and has some really interesting, um, it's like a sort of, you know, a list of things that some of which we've talked about on this podcast, some of which we haven't, but um, are all things that, you know, were very resonant, resonated with us and were a little bit surprising. I say that, but having said that, um, you know, whilst a lot of people think that Hollywood movies are, you know, just all fantasy and it's all about the money and so on, there's a lot of um, information available about how many messages um, are interwoven into movies, because obviously it's a great way of reaching the public, right? Reaching the masses in air quotes. Um, and so different people sometimes have a lot of different messages in movies that I'm sure no one really fully understands the depth of um, and we probably don't pay much attention to you know so you can think of Star Wars and think oh it's all a fantasy movie and it's just a bit of fun but actually there's a lot of stuff going on there and there's the stuff that is in a movie like this that I'll come to in a minute and then there's actually another layer of stuff below that which is all about how much of um, how much of space do we really know that we haven't been told about what kind of activities going on in space that we don't know about, etc. Uh, but that's another episode for another time, maybe. Um, so there was a few things I wanted to just run through that sort of pick out from the movie. Again, right at the outset, I should give full props to Lalo because it was firstly her idea and secondly, quite a lot of her insights. Um, but uh, I'll obviously carry this on over two or three segments because it won't be done in the next minute and 50 seconds I've got of this first segment. And uh, these points are in no particular order really, I'm just gonna say a few words about each of them. So um, the first one was, it was pleasing to me to see that um, the themes in this movie covered both um, humans and non-human animals. Um, and, you know, I'm gonna start with the non-human animals. So um, there was a scene where Chewie or Chewbacca uh, was about to tuck into a, you know, a roasted bird of some sort. And then there were these bird-like characters in the movie, um, you know, and one of them was showing his real sadness and outrage at the fact that Chewbacca was going to eat this other dead bird. Um, and so that sort of speaks to veganism and animal rights, um, ethical veganism. 
And, you know, the theme of animal rights was continued in another scene where there were these creatures that had basically been captured and were being um, used for racing. They were being whipped, they were being stabled, they were being confined, they were being treated badly and exploited. And again, you know, in the movie they go on to be uh, released. And so two, two things there that are speaking to animal rights. And, you know, I'm not going to get too excited because a lot of people um, say this sort of thing or do this sort of thing, but actually are ultimately speciesist where they, you know, want to um, come in, in outrage about exploiting certain species, but are quite happy to go ahead and eat and exploit others. Um, so, you know, like, let's not get carried away with the message. But on the flip side, it's nice to see a message of animal rights and veganism in a mainstream movie like, like that. I'm going to pop back off to the interlude and carry on with this episode. Okay, so the next thing um, I wanted to mention was the Force. Um, everyone who's watched Star Wars, or even if you haven't, you've probably not escaped, you know, may the Force be with you, etc. But have you ever stopped to wonder what the Force is? Um, and in this movie, you kind of there's a scene where Luke Skywalker is talking to Rhea, trying to explain to her, you know, basically what the Force is. Um, and essentially what I took from that was this sense of the Force being, you know, a universal energy, like a universal intelligence and universal consciousness. And again, these are things that, um, on the face of it, you can just sort of laugh off the Force and think it's some fantasy idea, but um, I'm a firm believer in universal energy and universal consciousness, that the, universal is the universe is living and intelligent. Um, and there are many other people who believe the same and there's much been published about this and so on. So at the very core of Star Wars is this concept of the Force. Um, again, I've never really seriously given it any thought, but um, the more I learn about other things, the more these sort of things come to resonate. If we carry on from that, then there was some other something else where there's some scenes around, um, you know, meditation, and how one of the aims of meditation, or the key aim, maybe I'm, I'm not a great meditation expert, but really is this whole notion of trying to take you out of your mind, so you're no longer thinking and you're no longer wrapped up in your thoughts, and it's that space in between your thoughts where you have no mind in air quotes. Um, that you can then connect, um, have visions, connect with the universal energy, consciousness, and so forth. Um, and this idea of transcendental meditation. And there's a scene uh, in the movie, again, I don't want to spoil it for you if you're planning on watching it, but where there's a great example, well, there are several examples, but there's one main one of so-called astral projection. Again, um, something you may never have heard of. I'm not really that familiar with it, but I've heard of it. And, you know, you can either be hugely cynical about these things or keep an open mind, and I choose to do the latter. And so it's interesting, again, to see uh, meditation and astral projection featuring in Star Wars The Last Jedi. Um, what I want to do next... So the next thing I think I want to talk about is there does seem to be uh, a couple of things in this movie. One is on this focus on love and positivity rather than hate and negativity. And, you know, again, these are things that um, apply to all kinds of parts of our life and are not, um, you know, just for fantasies and heroes. Um, that, you know, we should be focused more on love and positivity and less on anger, 
hate, um, fear, jealousy, greed, all those kinds of, you know, that bucket of negative emotions. Um, and kind of feeding off from that, then I also wanted to talk about this concept of hope. Um, I think we need to be careful with hope because I've said before that a lot of what we should be trying, or I think we should be trying to achieve is a state of being just very much living in the moment and living in the now where we're pursuing goals but we're not attached to them and most importantly we're not looking at, to them for salvation and I think one of the dangers of hope is that if you are constantly looking ahead hoping for something to happen that you consider going to be make you happy or be your salvation or end your suffering or whatever it might be that you're never actually truly in the now and you're always living in the future um, having said that you know that I think there's a balance there in the sense that certainly when you are living in circumstances that are terrible and you need you know you feel like you're suffering and with your best efforts you still cannot stop yourself from being in a state of suffering then clearly hope is going to be a part of what keeps human beings going um, and that they feel like there's going to be some end to that suffering whether that applies to non-human animals, there's a huge amount of debate about that, whether they can hope, whether they can look forward to the future, things like that. Again, I have a lot to say about those things, but I'm not going to get into here, otherwise we'll never get through this episode. But certainly the, the, the concept of hope, belief, faith, um, these things are something else that uh, came up in the episode. I'm going to come back after the interlude for what will probably be the final segment. Okay, so the next thing um, that came out of this movie was a whole concept of balance. Um, there's a lot of talk in the movie about the dark rising in the character that, um, well, by name goes as Ben Solo, um, but basically he's trying to become the next Darth Vader. I can't remember his name, it's something like Kylo Ray or something like that, but he, anyway, he was the evil baddie essentially, although not all evil and not all baddie, but, um, and then there's Ray, who's, you know, the light, uh, and so this idea of the dark rising in one person and the light rising in the other person speaks to this sort of idea of balance, um, in the universal intelligence, and so you've got dark and light, you've got good and evil, you've got yin and yang, you've got black and white, etc., right, so the idea of balance is a core key concept, actually, um, and then a couple of other things to end on, really. One was, um, and this is definitely a Layla point, um, it's well beyond my ability to understand these things, but um, in the movie there, you know, on the um, rebellion side, as it were, on the resistance, um, there we've got Princess Leia, obviously, who's everyone knows, um, Carrie Fisher, who's dead now, but um, so she's obviously, she's the kind of prime leader uh, of the resistance, but also um, at some point in the movie, someone else takes over for a while, and again, that's another woman as well. So you've got these women leaders, and then you've got a character, um, a male character called, I think it's Poe or Bo, probably Poe, um, who's a bit of a kind of trigger happy, um, you know, do first, think later. Um, there's a fact, there's a bit of a joke about, you know, can I jump into a ship and blow things up? that sort of stuff. Um, and Layla was saying that this speaks to this kind of idea that um, 
you know, with with the masculine uh, perspective is more about kind of taking action and doing heroic things without necessarily thinking much, um, or being, you know, taking a kind of broad lens approach, whereas the feminine form of leadership, if you like, may be more holistic. As I say, I, I'm a messenger in that message in a way because I don't fully uh, appreciate or understand it, but um, again, there was certainly this, in the movie anyway, it was presented in this way. And then the last thing to comment on was there's one uh, scene in the movie where a couple of the characters um, go to another place, uh, city, um, that's sort of really opulent and affluent and there's, you know, they go into a casino and there's lots of things you'd expect in a casino. Uh, this is actually the city where those poor creatures were being exploited and whipped and raced and so forth as well. Um, and what comes out of that though is this sort of idea of two things, of, well, it's this idea of looking below the surface, right? And so you, if you like that kind of thing, you can go to a place like that and see all this wealth and opulence and think, oh, how wonderful. But actually, when you look below the surface, you have to, or one would hope that you would be concerned about how did all of that come into being, right? At what price has it come into, has it come? Who has been exploited? Who has had their rights exploited? To whom has an injustice been done in order to achieve that kind of opulence? And there's always, almost certainly always, somebody who's been exploited to get people to where they are in life uh, in terms of financial materialistic status um, and in the movie there's this thing about you know there's a an arms dealer who has sold arms both to the baddies um, you know the first order that we don't like and so you're like well you know typical arms dealer but then it turns out that he's also sold arms to the resistance right so the resistance has bought arms from him, the First Order has bought arms from him, and there are millions of examples of people like that in the in the world who basically just want to make money and they don't really have a moral principle or a code or an ethical practice around how that money is made. They will sell arms to anybody who wants to buy them. They will sell things. And, I mean, hell, our governments do that all the time, right? Um, just it's a complete web of stuff that, again, I'm not going to get into, but... Um, Really interesting. So I hope you enjoyed this, this episode anyway, as sort of insights from Star Wars The Last Jedi, and I'll catch you again tomorrow. In the meantime, take chances, be compassionate, live in a beautiful state, have an open heart and an open mind.